This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L01 Series Compact Tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. As a parent, no two days are ever the same. At Care.com, you can find trusted and flexible sitters to help manage your family's ever-changing schedule. Care.com can even help you out with housekeepers, dog walkers, senior caregivers, and more. So you can find care for all you love. And 100% of caregivers who use Care.com have been background checked with CareCheck, a key first step in hiring confidently. To get the help you need to make it all work, sign up now and find a great sitter at Care.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Max Cohen. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 2-1 to loss to Burnley on Saturday. It's been a couple days, and I've had a good amount of time to think about this. I look forward to doing this show with Max. But before I do anything else, I have to bring him back on the show. Mr. Cohen, how you doing a couple days later? Uh, I said to you before the show, Russ, that it's been the, the probably the, some of the toughest past couple of days uh, for being a Fulham fan in in a long time, in recent memory, it's it's not easy. We're not going to sugarcoat it, nope. but I'm I'm, I'm going to say we're not in the championship yet. We're still very much in the, in the in the Premier League, and the way I look at it, you can look at stats, figures all you want. I think those yep. are all very valuable ways to analyze situation we're in. We're in a terrible situation, but it's January 14th, and I've seen teams change. We've seen Fulham uh, conjure up the greatest great escape I think That's in Premier League history. You know, 10 years ago, around about, we've seen this team do special things. And I know this is a different Fulham team than any other team I'm, we're, I'm mentioning now. But the point is, football is a funny game. And to write teams off in January for relegation, 
is flat out wrong, I think. To, to write off teams in the middle of a January transfer window to say we have to plan for the championship, I think that's also flat out wrong. And I think a lot of people are losing faith far too easily in Fulham. And I know it's easy to be negative. We were all super negative after that game. I thought the post-match show you guys did was probably the best analysis I heard out of all of Twitter, anything. You guys, I thought it was like in a great way. Thanks, Mac. Um, the question does actually raise a fire sale, but I'm going out here today and saying, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the biggest optimist, I think, uh, around. Maybe, maybe you're bigger than me, Russ, but we're both up here. Listen, I just don't see this Fulham team dead yet. I can't say we have to write it off for relegation. There's a lot of games to be played. It's way too early to make any conclusions, I think. Okay, fair enough. And I just want to say when we did our initial reaction show, the full-time show, I just posed a question Giannis and I were talking about. And, and what's interesting about this, Max, if you've been on Twitter, and I'm sure you have and you've seen this from Tony Khan, he's not interested in a fire sale. He's looking to try to find a way to keep Fulham in the league. And you can just go to Tony's uh, Twitter account on Saturday where he talks about that he's working hard and paraphrasing and uh, trying to bring in players. So I have a feeling he is not interested in that and that he's interested in trying to do whatever he can do to keep Fulham in the league. And we shall see. But I think it's fair to bring up the topic of that because, again, there are fans out there, Max, that are looking at it and think that we are on our way to the championship. So that's kind of where we were going after the match. Where do you draw that line? Do you say, let's go for it, let's stay in the league, or do you also have to consider the championship next season? So that was just us just talking that out and just basically just posing the question, and then it's taken off from there. But, you know, obviously that was our initial reaction, and we are both disappointed, but I, I think it's fair to talk about that, Max, don't you? Oh, it's fair, totally fair, I think. Listen, when we lose to Burnley and we're in the position we're in, um, 19th, uh, many points clear of safety, that's a very fair uh, conversation to have. I, I just think from where we are, and we, we want to talk about this from a risk standpoint, yep. I think gambling financially like that is, is even more uh, foolish than gambling to stay in the league. Because Tony Khan, Shahid Khan, they've invested uh, an, a huge amount of money in this team to get us where we are now. And whether that's correct or not, you know, in the Premier League, it hasn't worked out. But when they're in the championship, they were spending large sums of money um, trying to get us back in the Premier League for the financial benefit of being in the Premier League. And to get relegated and to accept relegation in January and plan for the championship with the financial hit that that will bring, I think that's, I think that's idiotic. I think that's completely the wrong thing to do. Um, and that's also, I think, very much trivializing the championship as a league. I think people have very short memories of what the championship is like. It was, it's far from a waltz. I think we got extremely lucky to get promoted last, last season, honestly. I'm not saying we weren't a good team, but it takes so much, so many combinations of factors to get a team out of the, one of the most grueling leagues in the world, the championship, to the Premier League. So to say that we're going to start playing for the championship to try to go up the very next season, I think that's a pipe dream, honestly. Um, and we've seen teams go down with a very strong-looking side. I'm going to point Stoke City uh, as an example. Um, and, and a point... Gary Rowett, a very accomplished championship manager who should have on paper been great, and a team that should have on paper waltzed to that league if you look at who they have now. And it's completely failed for them. And whatever, they're 13th, 12th on the table, definitely not going to be in the promotion question. Same thing happened to us when they got relegated. We kept our Premier League manager, which was a poor decision, but we signed players like McCormack, we invested heavily, and it got even worse for us. And that's just the nature of the championship. It's such a volatile league. I just don't think anyone can accept going back down 
to that frankly shit show of a league um, and think we're just going to go right back up because that's not how the championship works. Uh, it's, it's naive, and I just don't think anyone can wave a white flag four months before the season's over, no matter how bad the situation is. To accept defeat, that's not, that's not what it's about. That's not what we're going to do here. Okay. Again, like I said, fair enough to you to share your opinion on this. And uh, I'll just say this, that uh, I'm doing an upcoming show of the Q&A with Mike Gregg. And one of the topics that I'm going to bring up to Mike is talking about the championship. You know, if that is the path that Fulham go. And I'll just mention this to everyone that's listening to this show. It's funny because when you look at it, Max, and then we're going to really get into this match, is that um, Fulham... If they do go down, they're probably going to do something that they did to get into the league, to get into the Premier League, and that's use the loan market because that's a, a good way to build a club that can actually get you out of that division. You know, use your loans. That's what they did last time. So it's just something that I will talk to Mike about, get his thoughts when we talk about the situation of um, if we do go down, how do Fulham – come back up. And I think um, the loan market's actually a big part of that. So just wanted to throw that out there. All right. Enough talking about if this happens, if that happens, let's just focus on this match, Max. And um, I'll just share my opening thoughts on this because it's two days later and I'm still thinking about it. And the one thing I'm going to say to you is that um, in a two to one defeat, I know this is going to sound crazy to say full mob played that team they out they outplayed Burnley and lost two to one scored all the goals <laughs> and I went back and I watched some of it again and it just frustrates me as Yana said on full time anything that could possibly go wrong went wrong no luck at all everything went against them and um, that's what happens when you're down at the bottom things don't go your way Nothing went their way here except for a wonder goal from Andre Shirla. Not much else went right. They played well, but not well enough to get anything out of this, Max. Your opening thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think in, in terms of statist, uh, statistics, we definitely played uh, better than Burnley. We had more of the ball. We had more shots. You know, of course, everyone's seen the stat, you know, this one without getting an entire shot on target. That's just a joke. Uh, but what I would say, I think that's a bit misleading because I think we can both concede that after we scored that goal, the wonder goal by Andres Sherla, the only thing that did go right during this game, we fell back into a shell and we didn't play with confidence. And we let Burnley walk all over us from that, from that time until the end of the first half, basically. So, you know, I, I, of course we scored the two own goals that were flukes in a way. But on the other hand, I think Burnley would have scored, you know, honestly, w- without those kind of incidents, if, if you know what I'm saying. I yeah. think. They had the pressure. They were the better team in, the, in, in those stretches. Of the oh, match. I totally agree. And I said that yeah. in the full-time show, that oh, those goals yeah. were forced upon form by yeah. the play of Burnley. Completely agree. Uh, and, and, and people who don't really know much about the game or didn't watch the game, not Fulham fans, I'm saying, but I know we've all seen this on Twitter and whatever yeah. the media thing. Wow, Fulham conceded, scored all three goals and lost. Yes, that is what happened. But it, that's not to say as if we were 99% possession one and they got lucky goals. I mean, I think they deserve those goals, honestly. Um, but we just didn't have a cutting edge. I think we, we the second half was an improvement, sure. But when when Kamara is on the squad, when your bench options are Aite, Cabano, uh, Vieto, that, that's not good enough. 
uh, that's that's not going to keep in the Premier League right now. Um, and, and I think that's where it really fell down. We didn't have the cutting edge. I think – come on, I'm going to go back to Kamara. That's a huge loss. You know, if we had had him in this game, he's a player who comes on as a sub and changes the match and adds physicality, which we really needed against Burnley. Uh, but I, I think at the end of the day, I think, you know, we can call ourselves a better team, which which is a fair point to make, but yeah. it, it doesn't matter, right? It, it's, it's the result. result. It's a result. And even more so in games against teams in the, in, in, in the mix, you know, like it, I would have, we could have played terribly and, and won and, and, and we're happy with that. But the point is if you don't get goals, I don't really think we can necessarily consider ourselves being the better team because there's no cutting edge. Fair point. You know, again, I, I watched it back, and I've said this before, and you basically are calling me out on saying, well, Fulham were the better side. Well, actually, I think you're right here because the result says very differently, and uh, they didn't do enough to win. They didn't do enough to get a point. And that's, you know, a good argument by you, my friend, and that's going to lead me to go to the manager reaction and get thoughts from Claudio Ranieri because they're very interesting. So I'm going to share this with you again. It comes right off of the manager reaction and get your thoughts on what Claudio said after the match. And this is right from the article on the Foam website. Here it is. Asked if he thought Foam should have taken at least a point from the match. Ranieri replied, quote, good question. We scored very, very early a great goal. And suddenly they scored twice with two own goals. This period is very strange. We played well. We deserved the minimum a draw. But that's football. I'm satisfied with the performance, not the result. Second half, we played much better. We moved the ball quickly, found good solutions on the flanks for crosses. But we shot a goal only twice or three times. And one time they saved on the line. I think that episode changed the music. Unquote. Okay, Max, there are some quotes from Claudio. He feels that Foam should have gotten a point, deserved the point. Your thoughts? Yeah, what I'm going to go back to is is our last Premier League match against Arsenal, right? And what frustrated me about this performance is we started brilliantly against Arsenal. That first half, save for the the fluke goal we conceded, was some of the best half I've seen Fulham play perhaps all season. We were all over Arsenal. And the logic I used in in, in the full-time show after that match was that, listen, if we play this way against Burnley, we'll win, and we'll win easily. We took one of the best teams in the league, and basically dominated the first half at the Emirates with that counterattacking style of play, right? Where was that? Where was that at Turf Moor? That's what really uh, my frustration comes from, Russ, is because we, is we probably were marginally the better side. I'll agree with you there. But we didn't nearly play as well as we played against Arsenal, which was just two weeks ago. Right. And that was probably the most disappointing thing for me. After we take that early lead, why didn't we push on? And for Ranieri to say that's football – I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, there were some lucky breaks we didn't get. As Yana said, of course, everything that could have gone wrong basically went wrong. Uh, Chambers hit the bar. Vieto's shot was brilliantly cleared off the line. There were instances that broke their way. But the point is, if we had played against, like we played against Arsenal, we would have had far more quality and we would have taken the more chances we, we would have created. And I'm just baffled as to where that performance was. And one possible explanation, uh, I want to know what you think about this, is, the FA, Cup, is the FA Cup defeat is that it really had a lot more um, effect than we perhaps attributed it to. That could have been a real sapping of confidence that could have led to why this performance was, was so underwhelming, I think. I don't think so. And the reason why I don't think the FA Cup match has anything to do with this is um, especially the way they play in the second half. Because the way they play in the second half, they play with intent. 
The first half, they got the goal early, Max, and I think that maybe affected them in a negative way. I know that sounds strange to say, but not that it made them more relaxed, but I think at that point, you had Burnley raising their game, and I just don't think they raised their game enough to match Burnley, and they got hit with the uh, two goals. But in the second half, I thought that was all full. So I don't know if the FA Cup match had anything to do with it. That's that's fair. That's fair. Um, it, it's, it's really tough because I guess it, it, the game is so much about little breaks, right? And right. listen, if, if, that, if, if that's not cleared off the line, the FA equalizes, it, it's 2-2 um, really pretty early on in the second half. I think we go on to win the game. Games are decided by goals. You know, it's a cliche, but it's true. But just I think Premier League quality teams don't don't lose these kind of games in, in, in the way we did. And and that's what we have to look at is the game management is, is such a big part of staying in this league. And that, that's where we Point failed. failed. Um, and, and it's so, but this is why it's hard to diagnose the issue because it, it's not as if they dominated us. And it's really not as if we missed a lot of opportunities. It's really somewhere in the middle. No. Um, but we lost, and, and, and we can talk about the performance, which is, which is valuable because that's, you know, that's how we played. But we just need to find ways to win, and, and there's no really easy answer to that, I think. Very true. You know, again, we can complain about the opportunities, and they had some good opportunities, but they are not clinical enough. It keeps going back to that, Max. It's something that Emilio Donella has told me time and time again that we focus so much on the defense that we are not looking ahead at offensively, that they are not doing enough yeah. to score goals. There wasn't, there wasn't a coherent attacking game plan is, is what I kind of found against Burnley. We, we seemed almost short of ideas. Candy came on and improved that, but yes. I, I, I think I agree with you. The, the attack also deserves um, some criticism, and I think that's where you know, the, the possible Ryan Bobble loan is, is going to come in. Right. And uh, again, I'll be talking about this with Mike, but um, there are moves that uh, I think are going to be made fairly soon. One, there's huge speculation that Ryan Babel could be joining Fulham and uh, he could be a help. Well, Max, it looks like we have someone joining us. Mr. Janaeus, are you with us? Hello! <laughs> I'm on my way home from a ghastly day at school in a cold and miserable Canada. How's it going, guys? <laughs> It's going good there, Giannis. We were just getting into just giving our opening thoughts on the match. You and I did the full-time show. Are you feeling any differently two days later? Well, I've managed to insult a few people. Um, I managed to insult uh, fans that took a dislike to me uh, dissing Donald Trump. Um, So I'd like to um, publicly apologize um, for for, um, if I caused any offense to people who mock disabled people, who are misogynists, um, who um, basically have close to a million people who are currently uh, working for nothing in the US, who've become the laughing stock of the G7, G8, G20, um, blah, yada, yada, yada. Um, look, um, it's sort of funny. There was a lot, of, a lot of emotion after the game on Saturday night. Yes. Um, obviously, Tony Khan... You probably get some some uh, ticking off from Daddy about what you should and shouldn't do on social media, but I do stand by what I said earlier. I think we've come to a tipping point with the defeat to Burnley in terms of what are our next steps. 
And, you know, just as if anything couldn't have been any more laughable, that we then find out the rumors that we're trying to sign Ryan Babel, um, which, I mean, I mean, obviously speaking, I mean, it's, it's frustrating, Russ, because, you know, we had a whole transfer window to prepare yeah. for the Premier League, and we didn't get our business done until late. Sure. Uh, clearly, uh, signings have gone, have gone awry. Um, and yet, Slavisha Jokanovic paid for the early season with his job. Uh, isn't it about time that we start asking questions about the, uh, um, the boss of um, player personnel, whether he should lose his job? Because on the basis of what's happened so far, he's failed. And now we're at a point where we have to decide, do we sell off our most you know, valuable assets and prepare for life in the championship? Or do we throw money at a problem that right now doesn't look like it's going to keep us up anyway? Well, again, what's interesting, Max and I talked about this before you joined, is that uh, apparently if you go to the Twitter account of Tony Khan, what you and I talked about, a potential fire sale as an option, he's not going with that option. He's going with, we're going for it. Based on what he said on Twitter, sounds like he's trying to bring in players, and you already mentioned Ryan Babel. The only thing I will say about Ryan Babel, if this happens, Giannis, is that uh, I'm going to give him a fair shake. I know he's 32 years old, and um, whether we like it or not, he deserves a chance to prove himself if he becomes a phone player. I know, but he can't defend. <laughs> he can't. I mean, that's, that's the, we've got Mawson injured. You know, we've got... Um, I, know, I know what you're I saying. Mean, it's, 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 we've got no bloody defenders. And if you look at, take a look at the, the, the replay of both goals, you know, I've, I've seen the, both replays about 100 times. Yep. And you look at the body position of both of our defenders when that ball goes in the back of the net. Rico must be looking at this lot and going, what, is, what on earth is this all about? I mean, how is it possible to lose to a, to a team and, and not concede any shots on that? I know. It was, it, uh, we, need, we need, if we've got any chance, if we have any chance to stay in this division, we need defenders and we need them now. Okay, so that's not, where you're going. You're, you're looking yeah. more at the positions. Okay. Oh, bloody hell. I mean, I mean, look, we've got Tottenham this weekend and it looks like Harry Kane is out. And they've got Son who's going off to the Asia, Asia Cup or whatever. Right? We're 13 days into the transfer window. We've, yep. signed, signed, we've signed a couple of Lego bricks. That's about <laughs> it. So right now, Fulham fans of every right to say, okay, I mean, I don't think about leaving the club. I mean, people, people get drunk, people get silly at the end of the game. Yeah. But let's go on facts, Russ and Max. The fact is 13 days in, we've signed, we, we have signed nobody, no one. Okay. We never get our business done early, though. I mean, Mitrovic <laughs> came in last minute. Chrissy came, I mean, Target got signed in the last week. We hate it. It's infuriating. I'm with you, Giannis. We yeah, need players more yeah. than ever, but that's not how we, our club does business, and, and it's embarrassing, but that's just how it is. And, and I, I really do think there's going to be a big push in the last week. I really do. Yeah, but then how do you – the problem then becomes how on earth do you bet these players in? How do you bet them into mold and, and gel into the sort of unit that um, Ranieri believes can stay in this division? I mean, I don't, yeah. I, frankly, right now, I don't give a bollocks about, yeah, I'm going to give him money and I'm going to give it. We're two bloody weeks in the transfer deadline. We're two <laughs> weeks in. We've not signed anybody yet. We've got a back four that's as poor as, you might as well have DiCaprio and Winslet at the back. It's, 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 it's a mess. And you know what? We've got, we've got some tough games coming up. We do. And that's why, and that's why I believe it, it, it's got to the point 
I'm not going to get mad if Khan goes, no, nah, you know what, let's sell off our, our main assets. Let's get ready for life in the championship. And re- I'd be okay with that. At least, well, at least how, how could you be okay with that? How could you? Because be- I don't. Because 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 Max, this is a team that's won three games in twenty-two. I, I mean, it's not that the, team the team's shite. I'm with you. It's it's a, it's a disgraceful team. But I I still think with the get the right players, and you're saying, of course, they're difficult to get the right players in January. But there are a lot of shite teams in this division. To be <laughs> I Carter, know, but I just and, and we are one of them without a doubt. But I believe that there are three worse teams than us. Even that might sound crazy. We are we are not as bad as we're playing right now. And but then the points, the the, the problem. The, you, I, the table I doesn't lie. You. You're right. I'm, I'm with the, you. The table doesn't lie. It doesn't no, lie. the we've table won, doesn't lie. We've not won. We've won three games at home all year. We've not had a. We've not had a, an away win. Where the bugger are we going to get an away win from? These poor fans. I mean, if you've ever been to Burnley. I mean, I've been to Turfwood. The, the, it's a poo hole up there in the, the best of times. And then you go up there on a Saturday afternoon. It's a tough place to get to. Yeah. Anyway, you go up there, you've got rabid fans. You've got m- miserable, miserable weather. And then you go in and see your team score an absolute worldie through Sherlock. Sure, a beautiful goal. And then you can see two goals like that. Yeah. But then Tony Khan gets upset because somebody says, okay, get, get lost. But he's only, this fan is only venting his frustration, the fact that we're midway through January and we've so, signed nobody. So, I mean, you can only go on facts. And, you know, poor Slavisha. I mean, oh, I, I, a penny for his thoughts right now. A penny for his thoughts. Actually, if Huddersfield Town are smart, and I love what, I love what Wagner did there, you know what? If I was them, I'd pick up the phone and I'd call Slavisha. I'd say, you know what? We know what you can do. We're probably going to get relegated. But then when we go back down, you'll take us back up. Yeah. It's a well, mess. It's, it's, it's a not mess. a bad but, idea. Not a bad idea. Yeah. No, no, it's actually not. Okay, guys. Well, um, boy, you're fired up, Giannis. You, you and oh, Max going back and forth. I enjoyed oh, that. Mother. Oh, bloody. <laughs> I mean, it's all the same good. Winning is boring. Losing what we no. need. That's how you get the best podcast. No, you start no. losing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know, I know you're frustrating. Rough is frustrating yes. because Rico, Rico has turned out to be an excellent keeper. Rico's been and, excellent, Giannis. Listen, and, uh, it, it's a good point. You know, it's a good point. And when we talk about when we break down these three goals that Fulham scored, because we could call them three goals that Fulham scored, we could talk about how he was kind of left out to dry on two of them. But let's now. Um, Get your thoughts on the starting 11 and the 18 overall. There's obviously uh, one player that was not involved at all. There's all kinds of uh, rumors about that situation. So, Mr. Janaeus, I'll give you opening thoughts on the starting 11 and, and the 18. What was going through your mind when you saw that an hour before the match? Well, obviously, there was no sign of Ang- Anguissa. Yet again, Ibrahim Lucise can't get a start. Boo-Boo's not in the 18. There's rumors of all sorts of nonsense going on there. Kearney's not in the starting 11. Um, Sherla's back in the starting 11. I'll give, it, I'll give him that because he scored an absolute worldie. He did. Um, but, again, you, I, I hate to say this, but you've got to look at that back four. You look at that back four and you go, well, there's a couple of goals in there. I mean, it's sort of like... Um, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to sort of bring it to a, a, an American football, um, you know... Uh, comparison as i know you were you know russ you were watching the games obviously this weekend it's sure. it's like i was reading an interview with the new orleans new orleans saints coaches 
talking about the fact that, you know, for many years, New Orleans had to beat, Saints had to beat teams, you know, 55 to 45 because they had no defense. Right. But now, finally, they know how to defend. Well, with the back four that we've got, we've got to try and get, get two, three, four goals a game. Who the hell's going to score them? Mitro's is, is a seagull, you know, he's, he's feeding off scraps. And um, he's not getting any sort of support. He's doing everything he can. And at the back, well, I mean, it's it's sort of laughable, yeah. and and yet we were all getting pumped up because we thought this was a game we could not only could win but of course we needed to win, right? And we shot ourselves in the foot, and the lineup just wasn't well. I mean, what do you? Well, you know, okay, it's a secrecy, right? It's where's Boo Boo? <laughs> Nobody knows. Boo Boo's Boo Boo's probably with um, Yogi Bear. I mean, all we know. <laughs> I don't okay, know. okay, very good. Mr. Cohen, your thoughts on the starting 11 and the 18? One thing I'm going to point out is that I don't even think we appreciate at the time how big of a loss Mawson would be because I, it's, it's an absolute mystery for me. No, I, I agree. At, it's, I was, a, it's a great point. I was at the Huddersfield match, and you know I saw the players come back on the pitch for the second half, and the, and the first thing I noticed was there was no Seri. Seri came off, um, and, and, and I believe it was uh, Kamara who came on at halftime for him. So that's the first thing I noticed. What I didn't notice, but then I realized during halftime, LaMarchand was, was, was the, one of the few people warming up on the pitch really vigorously from minute one. So he knew he had to come on. And then we saw Mossy comes off. No one in the, in, in the stands knew, and I'm pretty sure no one watching knew because there wasn't, didn't seem to be an injury, right? Didn't yeah. seem to be one flashpoint that forced him off. He came off at halftime. He didn't get subbed earlier on. And that really makes you think it was, it was a much more serious injury. And ever since that date, that was the 29th of December. We're here the 14th recording. No update. No update on what the no, timeline will be. Not really. No, that and that no. is terrible. That means he's done something off the ball, I think, that's totally messed up that knee in a big way that might be months. And that's, that's terrible. And, and, and we saw that. We have a championship defense. The, the back five is, is, is built for the championship. So for all yeah. people saying, saying a fire side, I think well, that's we, the problem. we have to change the back five. And yeah. it's a, you're right. And one thing I'm going to say is that the biggest failure of Tony Khan, this transfer window, he's done a lot of te- things I don't agree with. Uh, Sarri's one of them. But we didn't get enough defenders, and that's so obvious to us. We got Mawson, who's been injured, and he's been great when he's been fit, but he's not fit. We got Chambers, who we now know is not a center back. And we got Brian, who honestly looks a top half of the championship player at best. I-, I like the guy, but he's not really ready to stay in the league. And apart from that, the defense is worthy of the championship. And that's the biggest failing. You, ca- you-, you can't play these players in the Premier League and expect to get away with it. Um, and, and that's what we need to address most of all. But as you guys are saying, yeah. are, is it going to be time to meld? It's, is there going to be time for them to finish the system? I, I really hope so. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what Giannis said when he first joined us, talking about the defense. When I talked about bringing in Babel, he was going right for the defense. And you guys both bring up the points why that should have been the first thing that they took care of. And uh, I thought it would be. And I'm not saying that they're not going to add defenders, but now I understand where Giannis was going on. It's his frustration with the uh, the championship-style defense that we have, and that's let's call it that. All Bring right. back Costas the Fleeters. <laughs> Please, one no. Thing we, what we should do is we should get every single player from that Leicester back four, whatever. <laughs> I mean, Huth just retired. We'll get him out of retirement. I don't think yep. Simpson's playing. I don't think Fuchs is playing either. Yeah. Um, West Morgan, he might be outplaced by, you know, Maguire, Johnny Evans, whatever. Just yeah. get them all in. It's a solution. Listen, because they, nowhere near a system. They're not yeah. playing. We'll get them on freeze. 
We can dream. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, Hoot is out there. With, I mean, I mean, there were rumors going around that uh, I think West Brom were going to um, try and get Hoot out of retirement. Right. He's but I mean, you've even got a player like Yaya Toure out there who's bloody retired looking for a club. <laughs> I mean, it's not to say they're not free agents out there. I just sure. don't. I, I want. I just. It, I mean, it's great Tony Khan being passionate about his club. The fact of the matter is, we he sort of got away with it last year with the signings and and sort of the you know the the team gelling that we got promotion. But this is this is the same. This is an even uh, this is a tougher division than when we got relegated in 2014. And he's not, so. a direct, he's not a director. He's not a director. You've got to get people in that know what they're doing. Why are we two weeks in on a show talking about the fact that we've got 14 points in 22 games and we haven't signed anybody? I mean, we're not idiots. We've got. I mean, you, you t- you're telling me we, we can't get anyone in a centre back. There's there's nobody out there. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And yeah. it's no wonder that, that some of fans are frustrated right now because. You know, you look at games we should have... I mean, Huddersfield away, Cardiff. Um, oh, Burnley, there are games we should, we should have won. And, yeah. I, I mean, oh, I, I think it's almost comical because, really, with two weeks to go, who is he going to bring in? Well, who is he going to get in, firstly? And who's going to be silly enough to want to come here? <laughs> I mean, for, I mean, okay, so we want you to come in. We've got 14 points. Uh-huh, okay. I don't... Well, so... That's the dilemma we have right now. Yeah. And uh, you're right, Max. We, there are a lot of pooey teams, but those pooey teams have more points than us. I know. Which and... makes us poo. Not for long. <laughs> now with hard drags at Neil Warnock in charge. Oh, Warnock. Oh, there's, there's another one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very good, guys. Uh, I'm enjoying the banter between the two of you. Let's get into the first half. Let's go right there. Max, I'm going to give you the honors of talking about the goal from Andre Sherl. Now, Giannis, this was pointed out to me from our co-host, Steve Wood. You, you and I both got this wrong. We said it was set up by Ryan Sessignon. It was a doy, yes. It was a doy, and yes. I think I realized why both of us thought it was Sessignon. On the broadcast, they said Sessignon, but it was uh, Dennis Adoy. So we are both wrong. I just want to mention that. Yep. Max, over to you. Thoughts on the goal so early in this match by Andre Sherl. This was an incredible goal. If this goal had been scored by any team uh, in in the top six, this is all. This is the only thing they're talking about for the next five weeks. Um, you know, if, if Salah scores this goal, this is goal of the year. If if, uh, if Lukaku scores, I mean, not gonna, if Pogba scores this, it's goal of the century. Um, I, but you know, because Fulham, I think it's easily forgotten. It was it was a great goal. Yep. A doy. I mean, I think everyone's thinking when he just picks it out of the right back position. What what are you doing, Dennis? Well, you're, you're you're crazy. But it was an absolute laser of ball and. Give all credit to Shirley. But that first touch, that's really the highest quality. And he just plucks it out of the air. And and the second, what a what a fizz. The shape on that ball, that's that's just pure technique there. I mean, that's what Sherlock brings, right? He brings that audacious yep. goal scoring ability. Um, and I mean, Heaton has no chance. Watching that, I was I went crazy because it, you're ner- everyone's nervous at the start of that game. Everyone, everyone's stomach is just going through uh, the worst. You're thinking, wow, this is terrible. You got the butterflies. And then two minutes in, and Shirley scores that. And, and all that release, all that stress just comes out in the, in the joy of the goal. And who could have predicted, you know, the following 88 minutes after that? It was the best start. Um, and I'm going to take a shot at Shirley here because uh, I did my rankings of, of Fulham's, you know, summer signings back uh, in, in January yep. or in late December. And I, and I put Shirley higher up than people would have liked. 
because I'd love to take shots at him. He's a terrible, I think he's a terrible player for relegation fight. What he does give you, however, is goals and audacious goals. Yes. Is that one audacious goal? I know he scored, uh, I think that's his sixth goal of the season around about. Is that worth the rest of him just strolling around the pitch being as ineffective as humanly possible? I am still grappling with it. I have no idea because Giannis? I think he scores that and he's terrible the rest of the game. Well, yeah, what do you think? What are your that? thoughts on that? I think, well, I think he's a gravy player where you've got lots of meat and potatoes around you. I mean, he's the sort of player that if you've got a, a slightly different formation, he might be able to help. But with the formation we've got set up on that thing, you're asking him to defend and he can't defend the lick. And, um, but, I, but having, I mean, I have, to, but I have to say, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, the best goal I have ever seen in a Fulham jersey was Kasami against Palace. I've never seen anybody hit a ball like that. It was Whoa. such a ridiculous goal. How about the Berbatov goal? That's got to be close to. Um, the, against Stoke City, that yes. was just. I mean, Berbatov was. I mean, Berbatov was a one of those. I mean, just as a, a brilliant talent. But if you remember, the ball came over his his, his shoulder and he, he didn't even move. No, no. Was, yeah, just un- unbelievable. But that was just a brilliant first touch by Sherlock. Um, it's a cracking goal, and you think then, okay, they're in shock, and we can really start pushing forward. There's, you know, going back to the transfer deadline, one of the things, one of the important bits of doing business is to, to provide a blood transfusion to your, to your team. And I think, you know, the value of doing that early um, is good for the players because the players are struggling. The team is struggling. And they, you don't need to tell them that. But right. bringing in players of quality that can maybe, you know, lift spirits, a little bit of hunger, um, a little bit of uh, you know extra zeal and vim and vigor uh, might just help with proceedings, um, and that's the thing I think Tony Khan has underestimated. Having said that, you know we've got off to a nice start, and, and I and I thought, well, you know if we get a second goal here, I can't see them doing a Brighton. I can't see them coming back, and yet, guess what? They did, and um, and did they ever? Absolutely, Giannis. I'm going to go right back to you. Max and I talked about this before you joined us, and I, I was talking about these two goals. And these goals, even though they're own goals, these were forced by Burnley. And you and I talked about this on full time. And this is the disappointing part of the two own goals, is that want to give credit to Burnley because they raised their game. And this is really the point in the match where, like you said, if Fulham get a second goal, they probably go on and win this, but they didn't. No. And then you have Burnley with their reaction, and we reacted very badly and given up these two own goals. 20th minute, own goal, Joe Bryan. 23rd minute, own goal by Dennis Adoy. You talked earlier when you just joined us about Rico and how he must have thought watching these two goals go by him. So let's talk about what you saw when you watched it back. It's been a few days. I remember the reaction, looking at the reaction of Claudio Ranieri in the first one running. I mean, the poor fellow looked like a deer in a headlight, thinking, are you kidding me? Because you can't legislate for stuff like that. You can't. Yeah. How can you legislate for two own goals in two minutes? It's, it's like the Lowell and Hardy show, you know, with a bit of Abbott and Costello thrown in. <laughs> and then the, the, the second one goes in. I, I mean, he's, uh, and it's just, and Rico's staring at the back four going, this is, this is crazy. I'd, I'd rather be on a beach somewhere. Um, and it's, and at that point, you're thinking it might be one of those games. That could, this could be like the Sheffield United game from last yeah. year. 
you know, where there's going to be just back and it, I mean, forget the de- defending. It's just going to be goals with abandon. But um, we looked a little shell shocked then. But then we started coming into it, you know, towards the end of the first half. Absolutely. But there was, but there was these are silly goals. Um, but but when you're at the bottom, nothing seems nothing seems to run. Exactly. I, I, think, I do I do believe you make your own luck. But Burnley won their last couple of games, and uh, to be fair to them, they you know they felt they were going to pummel the box. And where you've got lots of bodies in the box, anything can go wrong. I always tell players that if you're going to cross it, even better cross it in low, smash it across the box. Goes in off somebody's kneecap, somebody's bottom, somebody's ear hole, whatever. It you was know, creating it, havoc, Giannis. Both those yes, goals. Yes, it was. That's that's what it was. Yeah, it was. And we just defensively were just not built. We're not equipped. Um, to handle that, we're not, I mean, the, the speed of the crosses, the lack of footwork, we're not very quick at the back, we're, we're not quick in the middle, we're a slow team. We're very yeah. reminiscent of our 2014 team, you know, when we brought in Johnny Heitinger I mean, <laughs> let, let's, and Lewis Holtby, yeah, let, let, wow. lest we forget the air. I mean, we, we were a, a plodding team that really had no pace, and... Um, we just don't have any pace at the back, and uh, it was comical, really. Um, yep. a, a lot of Fulham fans had a good laugh about it, and you sort of have to laugh. But even but then we did. But then second half we played well, and um, yep. We, but we just couldn't get the equaliser. So. Okay, very good there, my friend. All right, I'll just finish up talking about the first half because Fulham had a great opportunity to score in the 26th minute. Chambers hits the crossbar. Again, just not their day because uh, if it's a little bit lower, we're talking 2-2, and it could be what Giannis said. It could be like that Sheffield United match where it just went back and forth. But it wasn't to be, and we kept getting indications that it wasn't going to be their day in the second half as well because when you have these opportunities and the luck isn't going your way, it just continues. Max, I want to go to you. Talk about the beginning of the second half when you saw – Sessignon going off and Vieto going on. I think it ended up working, but what were you thinking when you saw the uh, substitution? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because initially, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm furious for us. I think Sessignon is, is not a player who you sacrifice like that. He's a player who makes stuff happen. We, we saw that um, over the festive period, you know, and we saw that uh, against Arsenal. He didn't necessarily take his chances, but he's someone who makes chances happen. He gets in amongst the goals and you know the greatest of first half, but he's not the player I take off there. I take off Sherla, or, or I take off Seri, or I take off a defender perhaps and go more attacking. I don't take off um, Ryan Sessegnon. I think that is really one of you know, Ranieri's biggest flaws is his management of Sessegnon so far. Because let's just take a step back and talk about the fires and whatnot. If we get relegated, Ryan Sessegnon's gone. I mean, Pierre, I think people are being way too flippant about that possibility, and that's a terrible possibility. Because I think we always knew he was going to leave, but this is a player who loves Fulham, who we all love him so much. He's definitely my favorite player, and I assume many fans share that same view. And I don't, I don't want to lose him this quickly. You know, I, I do not want that to happen. But the way Ranieri is handling him, he, I don't think he really has much of a reason to stay here beyond the season, if, even if we do stay up, which, which is hugely, hugely disappointing. You know, that being said, I thought, uh, let's go back to the match. And, and Vieto was bright. Vieto had chances. He didn't take them, but he certainly had our best chance in the second half. Yep. Um, and, and he did show me something, which is a lot more than they did against Oldham, uh, right. where he was ineffectual against a League Two defense. At least he actually showed some uh, bright flashes uh, at Turf Moor. Okay, very good. 
Max, I'm glad that you mentioned. I was just going to ask you your thoughts on Vieto's opportunity in the 51st minute. Saved off the line. That was a great opportunity for Fulham. We also had the opportunity in the 61st minute, uh, headed by Mitro, that just goes wide, set up by uh, Joe Bryan. We talk about Vieto. He had a shot in the 75th minute. So Fulham had some opportunities. But what I want to ask you, and I asked Giannis this as well, this is talking about the luck. During this whole period early in the second half, there's a little shout for a penalty. Should Fulham have gotten a penalty for a challenge on Mitro in the box? Well, I, th- I thought it was. But then, you know what, just going back a second about the, the I mean, I didn't, in the post-match show on Saturday, Yep. Uh, I didn't say a lot about it. Um, but but I had time to reflect on that substitution of Sassanian because the first thing I thought was, okay, it might be an injury. Yep. Um, but it seems like it wasn't. And if it wasn't, it was a terrible decision. I really, I, that, I think that's the one thing maybe out of the game that really pissed me off most is that, okay, you brought Vieto on. Vieto's done all right in the second half. Don't get me wrong. Why are you taking Sessegnon off? He's the one player that can absolutely, absolutely destroy. You know, you've got Barsley. You've got Barsley playing at the back and he can roast him, roast him for breakfast, lunch and supper. And, yep. you've, and you sack him. This poor 18-year-old must be wondering what on earth was him. And I don't know what Ranier was thinking. And I would have thought that Scott, Scotty Parker would have had some say in this. It was a bizarre decision. And to me, it did backfire because he, if you're going to bring Vieto on, there's got to be someone else you, you possibly take off. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to understand the thought. You know, I do think that Ranieri is a good manager, but I'm trying to understand the thought processes behind not starting a Kearney, but starting Seri, behind yeah. uh, benching Sessignon. And I, and I can't logically think of it. I can't, I'm trying to, you know, as a coach trying to assess what he's doing, is he doing something different than the formation where he doesn't fancy having Sesson in there? And I'm not seeing it. So unless he can think of a, you know, I don't know in, if in the post-match anybody asked him, you know, why did you take him off? Right. But that's the first, I'd be saying, well, what were you doing? Like, do you take your best players off the pitch in a Premier League? The answer is no. So why is he taking Sesson? I don't know. And it's just odd. It's just—it's almost like there are ghosts have invaded our changing room. There's something going on, something weird, something—some element of the supernatural is going on because we're seeing all sorts of funky stuff going on, sure. and and I'm just not sure. Um, you know, I mean, what's going to be the next thing? We're going to wait till four minutes before the transfer deadline, and Tony Khan's going to sign seven seven players. Um, five of them are going to be over thirty years of age, and, uh, and it, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I maybe it's the you. kind of day. It maybe it's the kind of day I've had, Russ. It's been one of those days. But you know what? It is frustrating because it, yeah. you know it's like everything in life. There has to be a logical sequence and process. And right now, Ranieri's choice of eighteen on Saturday to me didn't make a lot of sense. The transfer deadline nonsense isn't making a lot of sense. I don't see the process. I don't see the logic. And that's well, why so many Fulham fans are up in arms right now. Sure. Well, let me ask you, and then I'm going to go to Max, because I was going to mention this as well. Two other substitutions. You have Kearney coming on for yeah. Joe Bryan, and then later on, Cabano comes on for Shola. What did you make of those substitutions? Uh, well, uh, Kearney, um, Kearney probably should have started. Uh, you know, you just go, okay. But Naiskin's Cabano, oh, bloody hell. Oh, no. I mean, Paris, he's a good, he's a good lad. Don't get me. He's, good. he's a good lad, but he's not a Premier League striker. No. He's not. I mean, let's 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 
I mean, it's a, it's a it's a it's a bunch of championship players in a squad that pretended to think that they were good enough to compete at this level, and we can't. Yep. We're not good enough. It, and there's no, it, 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 it's yeah, we're surrounded by bad teams. They really, I mean, I, I mean, it's so bad at the bottom. You could almost say six teams should get relegated, because I mean, there's there's not a much a lot of difference between us and Huddersfield and and Barliff and and Burnley and Newcastle. They're really new, oh, Newcastle. Oh God, that lot. You know, I mean, there really isn't a lot of difference. It's just, we just can't. We can't defend a lick. We've got the worst goal difference. And, you know, the way we're set up, we're going to have to score several goals a game just to, you know, just to have a chance of winning a game. And, you know, and he's bringing Cabana off the bench like that's going to make it. I was hoping you and I would get a call, Russ, but, you know, so we could put our shirt and shorts on and we can stick, you know, get 10 minutes. They can get 10 minutes out of us. Oh, well, that would be interesting. Wouldn't that be lovely? Max, over to you. That's very funny there, Yannick. Your thoughts on that? Your thoughts on the substitutions and also a shout for a penalty? Yeah, I think it's probably a penalty. Um, it's tough, though. You, you're not going to get those calls, you know, when, when you're down on the table like that. Um, I thought, listen, Kearney should have started for me. I thought he actually played well against Arsenal in the, in the last uh, Premier League game. I don't know why he was left on the bench. I thought, again, Sarri, it, I think we're missing the point about Sarri because a lot of times people say, Oh, I think he actually had one of his best games for us. He was actually pretty positive with his passing. That, that's not the standard we should be holding Jean-Michel Sarri to, okay? This is one of, a player who performed at an elite level with Nice, who was linked with some of Europe's top clubs. It shouldn't be enough just for him to have some nice passes and start some attacks. This player should dominate matches, and I know we've beat this, I've been this like a dead horse, but, you know, he's, he's, he's a disgrace, in, in my opinion. Um, and Cabano, I love Cabano. I think mean, Cabano is a useful player. But as I said at the start of the show, you can't bring him off the bench and, and expect to stay in the Premier League like that. That he's just not he's not what he's not what we need right now. I think he's pacey, he's good skill, but that no, he's he, he couldn't make the impact when he needed to. Um and, and that's where I'm gonna go back to where was Abubakar Kamara. And if the rumors are true, which I have no idea what they are, but apparently got on a training game bust up. And that's bad news. I think he might be gone, which is a big, big uh, loss for us. Okay, very good there. And there's more stories. I'll just say, just as we're doing this show, I just noticed another story in the Sun about potentially what happened. There are so many stories about Abubakar Kamara. Giannis, Uh, I want to go back to you. Did Fulham miss Abubakar Kamara in this match? Uh, Yeah, yeah, they did, but not at the expense of if he's going to be allowed. You know, nobody's, nobody's, uh, we go back a couple of weeks to the, you know, nobody's bigger than the team and that penalty. That's right. Kamozzle, I'm just asking, Kamozzle. as a footballer, did they miss his skill? Uh, yeah, yeah, they probably did. But again, I'm, you know, connected to that. I mean, it must make a lot of people, a lot of us uncomfortable, the fact that we're, there's so much, you know, we're shrouded, it's shrouded in so much secrecy as to what is going on. And this is the problem. We just, it's, it's, you know, it, it's almost like it's almost like fans are being hoodwinked. It, it's like we're t- being taken the piss out. I mean, all the, the Fulham fans that went up to Turf Moor on Saturday, God bless them. God bless them, every single one of them. And you know, and, and they never stopped singing. They were absolutely, and it's a, as I said, it's a bugger of a place to get to at the best of times. But you know, fans must be wondering. Well, look, we work hard all week. You know, and we sacrifice our time with our families. 
and we go out and we spend all this money. And, you know, we want to see a sort of commitment from our club, especially playing in the toughest league in, in the world. And don't fans have the right to know in terms of what has happened on the training field? What, you know, this isn't like the NFL where you talk about or NHL, the upper body injuries and the lower yep. body injuries. People are going to ask questions. Where is Boo Boo? Why isn't he in the 18? Okay, if it's a disciplinary issue, at least tell the fans. I mean, okay, fine, whatever. But don't, don't everybody travel up there and he's not there. Nobody knows what's going on. And it's all this, you know, this useless coaching, coaching speak about, you know, he might be back. In, uh, you know, I, I just, it's, maybe it's, I'm just being grumpy because it's, you know, it's modern, modern footy. But fans deserve to be told the truth. Right. And um, but at the end of the day, if this guy has gone out and caused another ruckus, we can't want him on. on, on no, I listen. I'm I'm there with you, Giannis. If listen, if this was for a disciplinary reason that he needed to do it, so be it. I was just bringing up the point that we miss his pace. Did we miss as a a potential skill set? Did we miss that in the match? But if he oh, sure. did something, I'm not against disciplining. Tamara, I do agree with you that there isn't enough transparency in letting us know exactly what's going on in some way. Oh, for sure. For sure. But that's where I think we're being hoodwinked again. Okay. Okay, very good. Guys, let's finish up by looking at the stats and see what they tell us here. So I'm going to share this with you. Let's start with possession. Fulham had more possession, 58% to 42% for Burnley. Shots, 12 to 11 in favor of Fulham. On target, four for Fulham, nil for Burnley. That's the one that shocks me. We've already talked about that. Corner six to two in favor of Fulham. Crosses thirty-three to twelve in favor of Fulham. Tackles twenty-two to ten in favor of Burnley. Let's go to passing accuracy. Eighty percent for Fulham. That's the passing accuracy under Jokanovic that we're used to. Sixty-seven percent for Burnley. Aerial duels, 31 to 30 in favor of Fulham, and fouls 9 to 5 in favor of Fulham. Mr. Janaeus, what stands out to you? Obviously, for me, I've already said it. It's no shots on target from Burnley, but there's some other things there that stand out. Well, the possession for one thing, um, the passing accuracy for one thing. But I mean, and I said this in the post game that the pro- the problem is what's the thing that counts the most? It's the number of goals you score, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's uh, exactly. And again, you know, we've we don't score that many goals. You can't really expect to at this at this level, but you've got to keep it tight. And um, yep. you know, it it it's a result whether we like it or not. It's a results oriented business and. Um, you know, it's uh, we could have 500 shots on that. It's, it's not going to matter if we've gone and you know handed them two own goals. And um, I think it's, I mean, it's the low. It's a, obviously the low point of the season. Um, yep. But I mean, there was some. So there were some encouraging signs with us, but there's just too much. It just feels like there's too much disquiet right now. And um, yeah. the, the, if you, I'm sure you both of you obviously have been on social media since Saturday night, and you know it's there's a lot of anger right now, and I think a lot of the anger is because um, it's almost like um, 
it's almost like when you take your kids to um, a party where there are, there's a clown and um, the clown's standing on, on the stage and the kids, the kids are in the audience and there's a guy coming from behind the curtain he has got a custard pie. Right? Now, the, the, kids, the kids in the audience know what's going to come next, that that lad is going to put the custard pie in the clown's face. Right. They see it, but the protagonist doesn't. And we're, it, those kids in the crowd are like us. It's, it, it's dramatic irony. We see what's going on. We know what's going to come. <laughs> and yet those inside the club don't seem to see it. We've yeah. been watching this really since the, first, the, the warning sign, even the first game of the season against Crystal Palace. That first game, we played pretty well first half, but you could see there that sense, you know, where it wasn't quite, you couldn't, there wasn't that synchronicity. Well, Giannis, we see the flaws. We, you know, it's funny yes. because when we do these shows, and I've said this to myself, I'm glad that you're bringing this up. You know, again, I'm not an expert. I'm, I'm a Fulham supporter, but I know my side. You know Fulham. Max knows Fulham. We know when they are looking like a team that is playing together as a team, and we know when they have issues. And uh, I've always find it interesting is that I think sometimes fans might know more than some people that run the club. What, 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 well, I tell you what, that statement, that statement is not only an indictment, but it's bloody accurate. Because because let, let, let's let's look at this situation again, right? We've got. Possibly our best centre back is injured. You've got a back four, back five that's lacking experience at this level, and that's the thing: lacking experience at this level. We're two weeks inside into a, de- a transfer deadline, and the biggest rumour coming out is us signing a 32-year-old from Turkey. Yeah, I mean the, 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 the solution isn't scoring goals. It, 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 it's stopping them from going in. And it doesn't matter if you've got David De Gea in there. You've got to have defenders that can do a bloody job. And we don't have that. Now, there were rumours going around about the Gary Cahill thing. We don't know what happened there. It was K, wasn't it? Cahill, Drinkwater, Moses, yep. you know, Jesus, Pele, Messi, Maradona. <laughs> but the fact is there are free agents out there. And they, they've had since really from, you know, since August, you know, August to scout on the basis of the first, you know, what, 19, 20 games since going up to the start of the deadline in terms of what needs to be strengthened. So you've had the best part of five months to prepare for the start of the window. And we're two weeks in and you've still not signed anybody. So, I mean, it it is, it is, it is, if you think of, I mean, for, for the fans over there in England, one of the unique things about North American sport, you get a lot of movement. You get a lot of movement inside, you know, whether it's baseball or hockey or basketball here. You see a lot of movement because times change. You get players going on injured right. reserve. You got players that pick up knocks. You get players going to come into, you know, 10-day, two-week contracts, whatever it's going to be. And it's very, very fluid. And one of the things about the general manager in any professional sports franchise in North America is they have to be constantly on the go. It's, it's almost like they're dancing on hot rocks because there are always going to be changes. There could be players that lose form that have to be sent down to the minors. You've got you know, players that get injured. You might have, I don't know, you might have family bereavements. You might have family illness. Lots and lots of things. And so the, the job of a GM here in North America in any sports franchise is, is, is huge. And, and Tony Khan should know that. 
Because being involved with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he will know in terms of the machinations of how an NFL franchise works. Right. But he's not the director of player personnel at the Jaguars, though, is he? No. And that's the key. The thing is, and, and so, you know, that, I mean, that is, a, you know, every day it's changed. Hour to hour, it's changing. Now, he's had that much time to prepare to try and make purchases, whether it's been loans, uh, with releases, callbacks of loans, whatever it's going to be. And the inactivity is, I find it seismic, seismically terrible. It's, it's unbelievable. And you wouldn't run a business like this for sure. And that's why you don't have to, you could have gone a one Fulham game a year. You could be living thousands of miles away like we do. Yep. But if we watch the game and we understand the game and we see the need for change, why is it we all see the need for change and yet the powers that be can't or well, don't or won't? Right, right. And that's a very interesting point. And this doesn't have to do anything with caring because I think Tony Khan cares about what's going on with his club. Obviously, you're seeing what he's saying on Twitter or everyone that is working underneath him. They care. But, Max, I want to get your thoughts on this and then also – Thoughts on uh, the um, stats as well, because Giannis brings up a good point, and I've thought about this several times. I can see the flaws. Giannis can see the flaws. The fans can see the flaws. But I always find it interesting, and I don't think it's wrong to say that sometimes the fans can see it even better than some people that are working for the club. Do you understand where I'm going with it and where Giannis is going with it? Do you disagree with us? We're all unhappy with the way the football club is, is, is heading. There's, there's no debate about that. What I would say is that I, I wouldn't say fans see it better than the management. I think the management's made mistakes, but us three were saying the exact same thing. The management were back in the summer. We were delighted. I don't think any of us predicted um, a bottom five, bottom six finish. We thought we were going to do well, just as Tony Khan did. Right. We thought, I mean, we were wrong, but I was maybe we were caught up in the optimism. That's it's very fair. I'm going to... I can look into myself and say I probably was too optimistic back then, but none of us saw this coming. Now that we're in it, it's 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 devastating. It's a disaster. I think it's true. We can all see that we need defenders, but also I'd say, honestly, I think defense is a massive issue. But also our, our attack has also flaunt, has floundered in recent weeks. Our attack hasn't been doing well either. So I think it's fair to say we're, we need both players. Defense yep. is probably more urgent, but I wouldn't criticize them for getting for targeting Ryan, Ryan Bobble. Okay. What I would say is that it's 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 I'm sure it's very difficult to run a football club. And the situation we're in right now is that Fulham are nineteenth in the league and we're in a relegation dogfight and we're not necessarily within touching range of getting out there right now. It's gonna be very difficult to attract players who are the requisite quality to come into this club and be convinced to save this club that looks for money on the outside like a sinking ship that has attitude problems. That's why I think this, to, to criticize, to complain about the signings, it's, it's fair. We need players in. There's no doubt about that. But it's from Tony Khan's job, it's not a job anyone relishes because he has to convince players to come into this team. And it's quite frankly a disaster. If I'm right. a player, I don't want to come to Fulham unless, unless I love Fulham, uh, which I don't think many of these players from the outside do. He needs to get players on short-term loans. He needs to get players who are willing to buy into to the mantra, even when it's looking pretty bleak. So from that aspect, I'd say we're being too harsh in the club. I think. Of course they want to get players. I don't think they're out there for the lack of trying. I think most players don't want to come here. The Kerry Gayhill thing, Foster Mensa, man, you don't want him back on loan. Man, United are being a, a terrible influence by not accepting a, a player who they know is not going to play for Fulham. And that's completely throwing all our plans is getting in players in the Premier League on loan. So now we have to turn to permanent deals from, from domestic players. Sure. And that's going to be difficult too. 
So I, listen, I understand we know the club is not going in the right direction. People can see that. But on uh, in some instances, I do think it's harder said than done. Okay. Then, and I'm not you know, saying that either, Max. Listen, you know, and I want to make, make this clear because Tony Khan gets a lot of stick. And when I said, you know, that we could see things that maybe some at the club aren't seeing, it's just that we watch it so carefully and maybe I'm being too direct. I, I'm not pointing the finger at Tony Khan. I'm just saying in general because we watch the matches. We see the flaws. And they see them too. I'm just saying that we watch this extremely closely and not just the three of us. It's all the fans. We know when things aren't right. And I think that was the point I was trying to make, if that makes any sense. And you know what, Ross, it's funny. A lot of fans, you know, a lot of fans have accused the players, um, the the players of not caring. And I I disagree with that. I I believe they do care. I think the problem is that they're not, they're not good enough. And, And that's not their fault. Sure. Well, we said that before. There, there are players that are playing major roles that just shouldn't be playing the roles that they are given. Absolutely, absolutely. And Max, to your point about you know um, players not players not coming, um, wanting to come in. There are there are free agents out there. I mean, there there are players, there are good players playing in Europe that would that would kill to get the chance of 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 having the taste of playing in, in in the Premier League. I don't. I think. Um, I don't. I, I mean, I, I can't believe there are players out there that would oh, no, don't. Why am I going to go to a team that's battling relegation? You're playing. If you look at our fixture list for the re- remainder of the season, and look at the teams that we're going to be playing, I say, wouldn't want to be playing. You know, wouldn't want to be playing Liverpool and City and Chelsea and Arsenal. The prob- The problem is. Um, the, either either he's not either Tony Khan has just completely and utterly misread the situation and and had this blind faith in a in a group of players that he thought were going to do better than they did when really the championship was the best they were going to we were going to get out of them or he um or there's something else sinister going on what bothered me about it what his his comments the weekend he's talking about getting reinforcements. Why are you talking about reinforcements when you've not bought anything? Well, I mean, when you you can't you can't wait to the eleventh hour. We're struggling as it is. There's no yeah. point saying, "Well, I'm going to provide reinforcements." Well, the fans are looking and saying, "Well, where is it coming from?" I know you've got the money, but we don't. You know, it's like the, they call Missouri the show me state. I know. Show, <laughs> I, listen, I'm there with you, Giannis. Yeah, and, uh, show me. It's like, so I, if, you, and if you're not going to put up. Listen, and that's where the frustration, that's where the frustration I think Max is coming out from Giannis and me. And I want to say this about Tony Khan because um, Tony was on the show a few years ago. And I truly believe Tony cares about Fulham Football Club and and he feels that he needs to defend what he's doing on Twitter. So be it if that's what he feels he needs to do. I will just say that I truly believe that his intentions are good. And this summer, I looked at it and I thought that he did a good job. So I'm going to say that right now. It just hasn't come off. And I think we can see the problems. And that's where I was going at, like Giannis said, from the first match on. we could I could see it even then. I understood what Giannis was saying, that it just didn't seem like we had the right players out there. And I thought it would gel over time, but it hasn't. So that's what what I, that was my point. And yes, you, know, Ross, you you are support, you are a supporter of arguably the most successful North American sports franchise in the last thirty years, the New, yep. New England Patriots, with the with the greatest head coach in probably well certainly the greatest head coach in NFL 
NFL history in Bill Belichick and the greatest greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. I mean, there's no questions. No one's going to debate it. Nobody should. Would you, as a New England Patriots fan, as fanatical as you are, as I know that you are, would you ever dare to accept some someone like Tony Khan to be your director of player personnel? I already know your answer. Well, if if I'm being completely honest, they had a situation years ago, and uh, they got rid of him, and I was happy when they got rid of before Belichick came and was under before Pete Carroll. Belichick. His general manager they got rid of because uh, he just did not do a good job. And so his he, name was Bobby Greer, and they got what? rid of him. I remember and, that. Yes, and uh, Belichick came in and just took over, and then, you know, it's been a completely different story. But, yes, listen, it's a difficult situation with Tony Khan because of, uh, you know, again, he's the son of the owner. It's it's difficult. I do think that, again, I'll say it one last time, his intentions are good. But the proof, like you said, Giannis, it's the show-me state. It's not coming off, and you, that's kind of – yeah, if you put me in an operating ta- if you put me in an operating theatre with your dog and cat, my intentions would be good, but I don't. I'm not a bloody vet, and right. I and and I, I, I'd hope you wouldn't trust me with your dog and cat, because I might have a guess what, about what needs to be removed, but the, the results right. are probably going to be right. pretty frightening. Oh, good point. And that's the point. It's 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 about the it's you can you value the process, but you cannot underestimate the value of expertise, and he doesn't have it. He's, okay. he's been found out in this division, and he what? I mean, basically, was five years ago, and right now, we're a sorry-looking mess. Two two games, we get knocked out by Oldham. Okay, fine, dogs have their day, but now, but now what? I mean, we're staring down the barrel, and it's frustrating because we've worked so hard to get there. I know, I know, but to be fair, he deserves credit for helping us get there. But oh, I agree. But, I, I agree, but then you know you what it's take, like. You the good, but you take the good with the bad. You know, if, if you, you get the the praise bad. when you do well, you have to take the criticism when things aren't going well. It's, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's the balance. Max, I want to go to you. I'm sorry. We've been uh, – Giannis and I have been going back. Sorry, and forth. I'm going to give you the final word. Is is there anything that stands out to you, first of all, on the stats? And if you want to finish up on our conversation here, I'll give you, the like I mentioned, the final word here. The stat thing, I'm, I'm going to say the four shots on target I, I, for us. That's not enough to win a match. I'm sorry. We can talk all we, we want about yep. you know how fluky yep. or not Burnley's goals were, but if you only get four shots on target, we didn't we didn't bombard their goal by any stretch of the imagination. So that's the biggest thing for me is that although I think we played better, there weren't enough high-quality opportunities for us to say okay. that we deserve to win. Um, and, yeah, your guys' argument, I mean, making some great points, I think, we, I'd like to see something different from Tony Khan, and I, I understand he's not fully focused on Fulham, and that's a worry for me. He's a businessman. He has other ventures he, he's interested in, and I don't think it's unfair to ask uh, the director of football, the vice chairman, by all means, to fully focus on the Premier League club. I think it was poor time for him to announce that wrestling venture. I, I, I think it's very frustrating to see someone who's not fully focused. And I know he says he's full until he dies on Twitter. And yes. I don't necessarily dispute that. But you can say one thing with your words. But I think your actions really speak louder than words in the situation. And when we're in this much of a mess, you don't want to see the person who's really in charge of recruitment and bringing in players to fix the mess. You don't want to see that person going off and having other play toys. 
And I know he says he can juggle the responsibilities, and, and maybe that's true. It, but, it was a very bad look. Let's just say that. But it's only a bad look, Russ. It's, it, it's bad, period. Of okay. course, it's bad PR, but he shouldn't be doing the other things. If you want to be involved in this football club, you have to be all in because the fans are. I'm not going off and, 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 and going to wrestling matches. I'm, I'm, I'm following my, my team. And I'm not supporting Chelsea or Oldham or, or, or whoever, whoever else on the weekend. No, I know. I, I hear you. And, and, he, and he sh- I think it's not too much to ask to ask Tony Khan to have his full focus on football 24-7 because that's what a Premier League club deserves. It's a wonderful point, Max. I'm there with you. I actually – I totally agree with that. It, it, there's one thing to have other interests and because owners and have several interests. They can own several clubs. But when you're the, the director of football, it's a very good point. That should be your main focus. So I'm there with you. It's actually something that I really didn't want to comment on because I've been going back and forth with my mind. I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt that he was giving everything that he could. But you bring up a good point. If your interest is in some other place as well, how can you give 100% focus to Fulham? Because this should be your main focus, director of football of Fulham. And he has other interests. That's yeah. a great point, yeah. Max. And listen, it, I, yeah, and one thing about Tony Khan is, listen, I, 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 really, I really like the guy. You know, I, I think a lot of his cases so I actually like him too. Listen, he and, came uh, on the show and he was great to come on the show. But if he's going to take the praise that he's gotten, he has to take the criticism yeah. too, Max. And, and also, I don't know if it's too harsh. I think we have to realize we're talking about people here and people have emotions. Yes. But to be completely unbiased and fair, if Shahid Khan was not the chairman of Fulham, Tony Khan would not be our director of football. If we run out of the club in the Premier League, Tony Khan does not have the qualifications or the experience to work in the Premier League. And, and, and maybe, that's, maybe that's not a very nice thing to say, but no. I think that's a fact. And you know, I think he's done good stuff for us. But right now, I think we can look at Slavisi Ekonomic. We might even go for the championship, but not for the Premier League. Is Tony Khan the same way? I, I, I think that might be the case. Okay. And listen, it, it's fair to talk about it. it. It's uncomfortable to talk about it because, it, again, like you said, these are people. These are people that care. Tony cares, but it goes back to what you just said, Max. Is, it, is he the right person to be the director of football? It's a fair question it really is and you know you're not obviously the only person that's asked that question you know background you know would he be the director of football if uh he wasn't the son of the owner it's a it's a valid point and uh it all goes back to why we're having this conversation why are we talking about tony Khan? because fulmer are in a very bad spot a terrible spot and due to and due to um, you know like i said you know i'll go that. back to this guys if you know if things are going well we're praising that we're praising what they're doing but we're not doing our job if we just say you know what it's okay you know no we have to say it like it is you're saying it how it is Giannis is saying how it is and i'm going to say it how it is right now things need to get better it starts at the top He's in charge of the football club, the director of football. The owner is Shai Khan, but he's running the show. It needs to get better. All right. All right. Oh, boy, we ended on such a sour note, guys. But you know what? It had to happen. You know, we're all frustrated, and the frustration came out at the end of the show. Mr. Janae, thank you for, for – What was that? We're still in the Premier League. <laughs> We're, still in the We're not Premier done League. yet. I'm, I'm laughing when I say this, but I think people forget, you know, 
<laughs> we still we still have matches to play. That's right. And, That's right. And there are matches that are there to be won, no matter what <laughs> happens. We need to cherish this and realize that we're not down. End of story. Okay. We're not down. Very good. Mr. Janaeus, thank you so much for jumping in. Well, I'm I'm absolutely delighted to be part of this seismically brilliant show. Um, I was advised on Saturday night by one of our listeners that I should um, I should play with a didgeridoo for an hour uh, before coming on to a post-match show. I won't be doing that, of course, because that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't be good. But um, you know what? I, I think that um, we've been able to get the the, the views across, the views across, and, and and you know we you know whatever we say. It, it's merely reflective of our passion for the club that started as Fulham St Andrews back in 1879. That's right. We, That's right. We love our club. We, we love, our, we love club our club. And, and and right now we're all upset. And uh, is Tony uh, an easy target? Potentially. But you know what? We love our club and that's why it's coming out. Well, I actually, you know, I think, I think uh, at some point, um, you know, Tony's going to get a lot of the, he's going to get the brunt. But at some point, we've got to look at Shay Khan as well, because yeah. because you you somebody made the decision. Well, it ultimately starts with him. I mean, he yeah. is the owner. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna decide that my son is gonna be director of player personnel for a club that ends up in the the toughest league in the world, and and us the club looked like a bunch of muppets. Yeah, I mean it, it's uh, we 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 were the, the the a bit of a laughing stock Saturday night because. You know, when's the last time that a team lost after not conceding any, you know, not conceding any shots on that? But you, yeah. you're right, as you said earlier, Russ. You take the rough, the, the you know, the rough with the smooth. And yeah. um, he, if he's right in what he talked about on Twitter about um, he's going to give the money to Ranieri, man, oh man, he's going to have to, he's going to have to go on a, sh- a Costco shopathon because uh, <laughs> right now, um, I mean, the only the only room we've got is Babel. And um, you know we got might have lost Boo Boo. Now we, we could be replacing him with Babel. I mean it's all going wrong. But yeah. uh, next game's against Spurs, and uh, fools that we are, we, yep. we, we we support to the last. Yep. Okay. Well, guys, we do have to wrap up this show. Let me just mention this: that uh, we're recording this Monday night. On Tuesday, I'll be do- doing another episode of the Q and A with Mike Gregg, and that should be interesting as well. But Let's wrap this up. For my co-hosts, Yana Shanaeus and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, We understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. 
See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.